0: Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Well, welcome to church today once again, and it's so good to have you with us. And um, after the service today, uh, we've got a morning tea for everyone, uh, special morning tea, and that sort of thing, because of uh, the you know celebration of the ordinations today and that sort of thing. So hopefully you'll hang around and talk to us, and that would be really really cool. But before we do that, I'm going to uh, share the word of God with you today. And so, if you have got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight. I'm going to read verses twenty-two. To 25. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. And it says this Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Let's pray. Father, I just ask and pray that you would help us, Lord God, to be people of faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please you. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. For the last few weeks, we've been doing a series, and the series has been based on 1 Corinthians 13.13. And we have mentioned this verse many, many times, and I'll just read it again for you this morning. It says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This was written by the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, and he was basically establishing priorities. The Apostle Paul was overseeing a number of different churches, and he says to this Corinthian church here, which had their own unique kind of personality, had their own unique kind of values, he says these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So what that means is this, that if you strip everything away, three things have to remain. Three cultural values have to remain. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. As a church, as you would know, we have a number of different campuses. We have a number of different services on a Sunday. And they're all at different times and all in different locations. And they all have their own level of uniqueness. Obviously, here we have our church here down at this end of the coast. We have another one up at Pimpermar. We also have started another one out at Logan Village. And we've also, as you would know, taken over another church out in the outback, basically, out at St George. All with the king's name upon them. And so they're filled up of all different types of people all different people from different backgrounds, different ages, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic circumstances, different kind of cultural values wherever they go and different tastes. And so in many ways, each one of our different services and campuses are going to be slightly different. But there needs to be three things that remain. No matter which campus you go to, no matter which service, no matter which time, three things should remain. Faith, hope and and love. And so we've been doing a series on faith, hope and love, talking exactly about what that means. And at the moment, I've been talking a lot about faith and I really feel to continue on this topic. And so did a message, a two-part message before about walking on water. But I want to talk to you today out of this passage of scripture that I read to you. Once again, it's a faith story found on the water. Who knows that very often you need faith when you're out on the water? And so here he is, this story, Jesus has taken the disciples out there in a boat, and at the end of the interaction with them, he said to them, where is your faith? Now, if someone said that now to someone, they'd get incredibly offended. Who are you to judge my heart? How can you tell me I don't have faith? Yet Jesus looks at these people and he says to them, to his disciples, he says, where is your faith? Which tells me one thing, it means he wants faith to be there. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And secondly, obviously, there was a way that he could tell that they actually didn't have faith. It was, obvi- it was obvious to him that they didn't have faith. Title of my message today is called The Dashboard of Faith. And so many of you would know that, you know, in your car, you've got a dashboard and very often one of the icons on the dashboard would light up. If you're running really, really low on fuel, then obviously the fuel light will actually light up. Now, for some of you, I know that means that you feel like you've got another 80 kilometers to go. Uh, For some of you, you never get there because as soon as you hit three quarters full, you feel like you need to fill your tank. But the reality is we all know how much is in the tank by what is indicated on the dashboard. In the same way, Jesus could tell that they didn't have faith. It was obvious to them, that's why he was able to say it, because there was three indications that they were low on faith. And so I want to talk to you today about the dashboard of faith, three indicators to determine whether we actually have faith. Three things that Jesus looked at to determine whether they had faith. The first one uh, is this. And that is our convictions, our convictions. Luke chapter eight, verse 22 says this. Now, it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So they get in the boat and Jesus said to them, we're going over to the other side. He actually gave them a promise. He actually told them what was going to happen. That's one of the reasons why he was upset. Because he actually told them what was going to happen, but then their circumstances meant that they actually didn't believe what he said. The first sign that you actually have faith is actually your convictions. And your convictions are actually what you really believe, what's deep down on the inside of you. And our convictions and our faith are not founded upon our circumstances. They're actually founded upon the Word of God. God gave a promise, and because of that promise, he expected them to believe it. But the way they conducted themselves later on indicate that they indicated that they didn't actually have it. The Bible tells us in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When God makes a promise to us, his expectation is that we would actually believe him. Now, the interesting thing about it is that he gives them a promise— And then their circumstances went in the opposite direction. Have you ever had that happen to you? God gives you a prophecy, you get a word from God, he speaks to you, and then the exact opposite happens. What do we need to do in that time? Well, we need to remind ourselves of actually what he said. Because when he says something, it's actually going to come to pass. So often when God gives us a promise, our immediate circumstances challenge it. I know myself, if I get a a prophecy or a promise about the same topic a number of times, I start getting worried. And the reason why I start getting worried is because I think God's obviously telling me this because I actually need it. And in the same way, when God gives you a promise, he expects us to take it to heart and believe it. Don't be surprised if circumstances blow up around you. Don't be surprised if the opposite actually happens. Remind yourself of what God actually said. I told you a couple of months ago that at the start of this year, many of you know that we said this year was the year of expansion for our church. We're expanding to the left and to the right in two directions. And then one month later, a pandemic hit the planet the winds and the waves started coming up. And my first thought was, man, is this actually going to happen? But I had to remind myself, no, no, no. When God says it, nothing can actually stop it. And you need to understand something. When God tells you, it's actually going to come to pass. It doesn't matter about the winds and the waves that actually whip up. When God gives you a promise, it's actually going to come to pass. You can tell if you're really convinced by what happens when things don't go your way. A good friend of mine actually said that he believes that people do what they're convinced of, not necessarily just what they say they believe but actually what they're convinced of deep down inside. That's why as Christians, it's so important for us to spend time in the Word of God. It's so important for us to know God's Word, so that when we get bad news from the world, we can lift up the good news and hold that up against it. Because as believers, we don't necessarily believe what CNN says, or believe what Fox says. We actually believe what the Word of God says. And if he says we're going to go across the other side, I don't care about any wind and waves we're going across the other side. Amen? Convictions founded upon the Word of God. What that tells me is this, you shouldn't always trust your feelings. Now, I know that's not popular with some people, you know. I'm just not feeling it. No, I'm just not feeling it. Well, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if you feel afraid in the midst of the wind and the waves. If he says it, that we need to bring ourselves in a line with the Word of God. So many people bring the Word of God down to how they're feeling, their temporary moment of what they're experiencing right now. But as believers, that's not how we do. We lift our life up to the level of the Word of God. And if He says we're going across the other side, we're going across the other side. Some of you had a word that God gave you at the start of this year about a financial breakthrough and all these things happen. I'm here to let you know it doesn't matter about that stuff. If God tells you it's going to happen, it's actually going to come to pass. That is the God that we serve. When he says something, it's going to come to pass. The second thing is this, your confession, your confession. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 24. Now, it happened on a certain day that he got in a boat with his disciples. He said to them, let us cross over to the other side, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. The second indicator of faith is actually our confession. What that means is the way that we talk. Jesus could tell they didn't have faith because of the way that they spoke. Sometimes I could imagine when Jesus said to them, you don't have any faith, I could imagine they'd say, well, Jesus, you can't judge my heart, but he actually can by what comes out of the mouth. Bible says out of the heart the mouth speaks. And so in the same way, the way that we speak is an indicator of the kind of faith that we have. That is why as Christians, we can receive the same news that the world receives, but we respond different. We talk differently. We don't actually give in to bad news. That's why you've heard me say many, many times, the righteous are as bold as a lion, not an antelope. Whenever we hear bad news, we don't just scatter and believe it and run. We're as bold as a lion. And when God gives us a promise, and even if circumstances are coming around, we keep our confession, the way that we talk, in line with the Word of God. How we speak is so important. How There's power in the, our words. The Bible says, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is filled. So what that means is this, we eat what we say. The way that we talk turns in upon ourselves as well. That is why we can sometimes even shift circumstances by the way that we speak. That's why it says in Ezekiel 37, the dry bones are rattling. Why are they rattling? Because someone got the word of God in their mouth and spoke it and shifted the circumstances around them. Could you imagine Ezekiel standing in the valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37, and God says, son of man, can these bones live? No way, are you kidding me? they're dead. Where are we going to get the sinew from? How is this going to happen? I need a team to put this together. I need anesthetic. I need all these sorts. No, no, no. He said, oh Lord, you, you alone know. And he started prophesying. He started prophesying prophesying to the circumstances and it shifted the circumstances. He didn't allow the circumstances to change the way he talked. He actually changed the way he talked to change the circumstances. As Christians, we need to be the most positive, faith-filled, life-giving people on the planet. That we can go through the same things that other people go through, but we come out differently. And one of the evidences of that is actually the way that we speak in those circumstances. There's power in... Your words. That is why the Bible says in the book of James that we do need to be careful how we talk. You can't just speak negative and then positive all the time. It's like having bitter water coming out and fresh water coming out of the same spring. It's not supposed to be like that. We're actually supposed to be speaking faith all the time, not just an amen on a Sunday, but the rest of the time, speaking faith, speaking positivity, speaking positivity, talking things up. And as we do that, that'll be a sign that the things that are happening in the world and not getting on the inside of us. The way that we talk from the fruit of a man's mouth his stomach is filled. And in the same way, as Christians, the way that we see things and the way that we talk is really paramount. That is why our perspective helps us change the way that we talk as well. If we're fault finders and forever focusing on faults, then we're actually not focusing on other things that God is doing, and we can become increasingly negative. That's why the Bible says to magnify the Lord. It doesn't say magnify your problems, it doesn't say forever focus on the things that are going wrong. You can actually have a great life without everything being perfect. You can actually be filled with life, joy, and strength in spite of some of the things that we go through because of our perspective and the things that we focus on. So if we focus, that's why David says, I've set the Lord before me at all times. Could you imagine David had a lot of negative things he could focus on? He lost a child, one of his sons wanted to take the kingdom from him. His predecessor, Saul, wanted to kill him. He had all these really, really bad experiences. But what did he do? He set the Lord before him at all times. He didn't just focus on the negative. And in the same way, as believers, what the disciples should have done is instead of focused on the storm, but focus on the one who's asleep in the storm with them. The storm's not going to take Jesus out. So they should have focused on him instead. The way that we speak actually determines and is an indicator of our faith. The third thing uh, is this. Uh, The third thing that indicates our faith is actually Luke 8, 24 to 25. It says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. He arose and rebuked the wind and the waging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm, but he said to them, where's your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. This is interesting. They're in trouble. You would have thought the number one thing God would want you to do if you're in trouble is go to him. And they went to Jesus to wake him up. And he didn't come up like Superman and say, good, I'm glad you called me. I'll fix this up for you. He actually woke up. He's like, oh, he was in a deep sleep. Obviously, he was not stressed like they were. The Bible says water was filling in the boat. Have you ever slept on a waterbed that sprung a leak? It doesn't last very long. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is asleep in the boat and water's coming in there and it's a deep sleep. They had to awaken him. Have you ever noticed that God isn't as stressed about your problems as what we are? I love how it says in the book of Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, King Uzziah was a popular king. The whole nation was, gr- uh, was grieving. And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord stressed out and running around worrying. Doesn't say that. I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, train of his robe filled the temple. He was seated. He wasn't pacing backwards and forwards, stressed. He wasn't worried about it. You know, when it says the train of his robe fills the temple, for a king, the size of, their, uh, the, size of the train of their robe denoted the size of their kingdom and their authority. Here, the bigger the train, the bigger the authority. His actually filled the whole temple. So what that means, there's nothing he doesn't have authority over. There's nothing he can't deal with. There's nothing he can't change. Some of you might feel like my life is, uh, my life is uh, scrambled eggs. Well, I'm here to let you know God can unscramble scrambled eggs. There's nothing he cannot fix. There's nothing he cannot change. And yet, here he was asleep in the boat, and his, and his team, his staff, was stressed. And he woke up and he wasn't happy. He said, Where's your faith? And then he turns and commands the winds and the waves to stop. And they stopped. And they looked at him and they said, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. It doesn't say this, but I can imagine Jesus saying, yeah, and you guys don't. Winds and the waves obey me. But I told you guys we're going across the other side. I spoke to you, where's your faith? The third sign, the third indicator of actually uh, indicator of faith is actually our conduct, our conduct, the way that we act, the way that we conduct ourselves. You know, um, I've, told, I've told you many, many times, church, that in this season where life is a little bit unusual and uncertain, um, that and I know that there's been a number of churches in Queensland that haven't come back yet, for church and that sort of thing and the government says we can as long as we've got COVID safe plan and we stick to the limits of what's allowed in a room uh, we're actually allowed to do that and uh, but some people some churches have decided not to do that and uh, and I just felt God say to me well we should at least have as much faith as the government the government shouldn't have any more faith than us seriously if the government's saying we can come back and we don't come back where's your faith let's edit that out for next week's uh <laughs> The way that we act, conduct ourselves with confidence and wisdom, that's a sign of the faith that we have. As believers, we don't, respond, we don't respond like antelopes to bad news. We respond with confidence and believe in God and with deep conviction in what he said. I feel to encourage some people today that the prophecy he gave you the start of this year for this year is still going to come to pass. Bible tells us he crowns the year with his goodness. We've still got a couple more months. You know, when a king gets changed and robed, the last thing he puts on is the crown. So if he's going to crown the year with his goodness, I'm telling you, he's still got good, some good things for you before the end of this year. He crowns the year with his goodness. Maybe when he gave you that promise, the winds and the waves sprung up. But I'm here to let you know, even if the winds and the waves spring up, that he promised he'll see you out over the other side. And so we're to hang on to him and to believe with him. The awesome thing is you might be feeling like you're being tossed around, but there's someone who's with you in the boat. And the Bible said he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's one who'll stick closer than a brother. It's the almighty Lord. And I'm here to let you know that maybe you've come in this place and your faith light has been flickering. My prayer is that today that God's been topping you up. With the faith that you need to continue on journeying into the awesome things that He has. How does God tell that we actually have faith or not? It's not because of our knowledge. It's not because of our theology. It's because of our convictions. We believe what He said. It's because of our confession, the way that we talk, and it's because of our conduct, the way that we act, the way that we act. All those things scream to him. Here are people who are filled with faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Today, this is in no means at all any kind of rebuke because I've been so happy and so pleased with our church this year. The confidence that people have had, the willingness for people to trust God this year has absolutely amazed me. And so this is, no, this is in no way any kind of, hey, you haven't got faith. I don't believe God's saying that. I believe that Jesus wants you to know today that he's pleased with your faith, that he sees your faith, the way that you've conducted yourself this year. And we don't know what's going to happen over the few months, but we do know that there's someone who's in the boat with us. And He's promised us He's going to see us out across the other side. Amen. And in spite of the winds and the waves, in spite of potential bad news, in spite of potential potentially bad stats, we've got someone who's with us that can help us all the way through to the other side. Amen. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not walking to the valley. I'm going through it. It looks like death, but it's not. It's just a shadow, and we'll keep walking out the other side. Amen? Our God is an awesome God. And so my prayer for you today is this, that He would fill you with the faith that you need, that by hearing from the Word of God today, you would have the faith and strength that you need to continue on navigating through this next season. Amen? So what I want you to do right now is just stand on your feet. I want to pray for you. I think we should sing. Oh, worship team can come. Praise God. Oh, there they appear, praise the Lord. Even the wind and the wave. So uh, I think we'll sing rattle. Is that all right? We'll sing rattle. It's got a bit of a country twang. It's all right. And I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God will fill you with the faith that you need to continue on. Amen. I also felt there's some people here, you've got a problem that looks so big that you're in this place and you say, I'm going back to this problem. It looks insurmountable. Feel felt the Holy Spirit say the hills are going to melt like wax at the presence of the Lord that God is going to dissipate that thing. You're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord as you do that. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for every person here. And I thank you, Lord, for the top up of faith you want to put in people's lives. I pray, Lord, that you would help every single one of us in spite of the winds and the waves, in spite of the water looking like it's coming in the boat, Lord. We're going to trust what you said, that you're going to take us across the other side. We thank you and we praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. I mean, let's worship Him. He's an awesome God. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.